every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us on tonight. I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus covering us right now in the name of Jesus. Every tormenting spirit that has come to torment our minds, I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of anxiety, go right now in the name of Jesus. God, we loose your peace in this place, and I say, peace be still in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that on tonight, God, you have already healed the broken hearts, God, and you have bind up their wounds right now in the name of Jesus. So we honor you, we glorify you, and God, I thank you that I have, we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. How many still have a test? Is there any tests out here? Before I do a recap of what we have been going over. Okay, let us begin. We have been talking about stewardship. And I pray that as we have been talking about stewardship, we have been checking with ourselves to see if we have been faithful for what God has placed in our hands. And I just love this teaching because it helps all of us, even me, to really sit before the Lord and really ask him, Lord, if, am I being faithful with what you have given me? Because sometimes we can be faithful in one area and we're not faithful in another area. So we need to check ourselves before we check anybody else. Amen. We, going back over the definition of a steward, a steward is a believer who manages what God has given into his care. So that's the definition of a steward, a believer who manage what God has given into his care. Now, we determine um, that God owns everything, and that's so important um, for us to move forward with the next teaching I have. We have to understand that God owns everything. Everything belongs to God. We determine that through Psalms, um, the 50th chapter. We determine that through Genesis chapter 1. We determine that through Psalms 24 and also Psalms 89. So all of those um, are witnesses to say that God owns everything. Psalms 24, familiar passage that we're all familiar with. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So we have established that God owns everything. But what God did with what he owns, he had to give it to someone to manage. And he gave it to us to manage. God gave us his, what he created, he put it in our hands to be stewards, to manage over his creation. We determined that in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, which says that we are God's workers, working together, co-workers, belonging to God, co-workers in God's service. You are God's farm field, God's biz, um, building. So we work along with God to manage what he has placed in our hands. And Genesis 1, 27 through 28 was another scripture um, where we know that God gave us dominion. He gave us the right to rule and reign on this earth. So we are God's managers. So we want to recognize stewardship and proclaiming the gospel in talents and in our finances. I gave you the scriptures on how we must be a steward over the gospel because all of us are ministers of the gospel. All of us that 
uh, born again, that have accepted Jesus, that have been taught the things of the kingdom, we can go out and we can minister the gospel. He has placed that in our hands to go out and minister to others what he has given unto us. So that's being a steward over the gospel. So he entrusts in us with the gospel of the kingdom. So we determine that in 1 Corinthians 9, 17. This was Paul speaking when he was saying he was a steward over the gospel and what God has placed in his hand to minister the good news. And Matthew 28, 19 through 20, that's dealing with the great commission. After Jesus had taught his disciples, he told them to go out and teach nations. He was telling them as disciples, I want you to teach them to observe everything that basically um, he had taught them. So this is what we supposed to be doing. Whatever God put in our hands, we supposed to be managers and we need to always remember it does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And we go to God to hear what God wants us to do with what he has placed in our hands. Matthew 25, we talked about the talents. And it, with the talents, he gave five talents, two talents, and one talent. And he gave each one these talents based on their ability, based on what they could handle. So I'm going to encourage you again tonight. If you have two talents, give God glory for those two. Don't be trying to get more because somebody else can carry more than you. God know what you can handle. And we see in that parable how the one with five gained five, the one with two gained two, but the one with one hid that one. So God does not want us to waste what he has given us, but he wants us to use these talents to benefit others to gain other talents. We also went over Luke 16 and how um, the uh, master, actually the rich man, gave the steward um, his goods and told him to watch over his goods. And we see what he did. He found out that he was not doing what he should have done with what was placed in his hand. So he knew it was going to be taken from him. So what did he do? He took the wisdom of the world, said, okay, I'm going to decrease these debts. So that way, when I'm put out of my stewardship, I'll have somewhere to go. So Jesus found him faithful in that. What he did was wrong, but Jesus said that the ones of the world are wiser than the ones of the kingdom. Basically, if you're faithful over a few, God's going to make you ruler over much. But God end up taking from you what you're not faithful over. If you cannot be faithful over what somebody else give you, God know that you cannot be faithful over the kingdom. So stewardship is very important in the body of Christ. Do not get upset when you don't see yourself moving um, in the way that you need to be moving because God is looking at how faithful you are with what he's placed in your hands. And sometimes we'll keep giving people stuff and giving people stuff and we're expecting them to do it. But if they're not doing what you have asked them to do with what you originally gave them, why are you giving them more? See, this is how we have to be so careful. Even on your jobs, your um, employer, he watch you. And your supervisor, they watch you to see how well you do and what you have been given. And if you do well, then advancement will come. They're not just going to throw something at you when you first come on that job. They're going to watch what you do and how you do it. And we're supposed to take pride in what we do because everything we do, we do it unto the Lord. Everything we do, we're supposed to do it unto the Lord and not unto man. So if you're going on these jobs and trying to please man, then you're not doing it unto the Lord. You're trying to get applause from man. But when we're doing it unto the Lord, we're going to do it with a spirit of excellency. Amen? 
So the next thing we went over is um, how do we um, handle what God has given us? How do we manage what God has given unto us? It comes through prayer. It comes through communicating with God. Whatever God placed in your hands, he's not going to place it in your hands and just leave you that way. He's going to tell you how to handle what he has given you. And the only way you would know how to handle it is to go to God. Um, we looked at Moses, for instance. Moses had an experience with God. Exodus, Exodus 3, 4, and so on. We see that Moses saw the bush burning, the burning bush. And he was in the presence of the Lord. So he had an experience with God. And God began to talk to Moses. Moses began to talk back to God. And God was letting him know that he heard the cry of the children of Israel. And he said, you know, I have come down to deliver them out of their oppression. So God told Moses, I'm, I'm going to send you to do this for me. So what he was doing, he was placing something in Moses' hand. He said, I want you to deliver my people. But God is not going to put anything in your hand without preparing you for what he has placed in your hand. Just like we have the fruit of the spirit. God give you the fruit of the spirit once you become born again because he know that you need his love. He know that you need his peace. He know that you need his joy, his meekness, his gentleness, his faithfulness, his long suffering. He know with what he has placed in your hand with ministering this good news, you need some fruit. And that fruit is the characteristics of God. And when you go out, when people are getting on your last nerve, that's what they call it, last nerve, like you don't have a lot of them. But when people do that, that long suffering, when you say, Holy Spirit, help me, long suffering begin to come out of you and you suffer long. Some of us who cannot suffer long with people is because you're doing it in your own strength. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by his spirit. So in order to be a faithful steward over what God has given you, he's given you the fruit of the spirit. And each time that you need God's love, you say, Holy Spirit, I need the love of God to come out of me for whom I'm dealing with because the kind of love I want to give is not your love. It's not unconditional love. My love is going to be based on how they treat me. But your love is not based on how they treat me. Your love is unconditional. So no matter how they treat me, help me, Holy Spirit, to stay in the love of God. So you need the fruit of the Spirit to be a faithful steward in the body of Christ. You also need the gifts of the Spirit. So God did not just send us out without preparing us um, for what he has sent us to do. Like Moses, he had the rod in his hand. God gave him the power. God told him what to do when he stand in front of Pharaoh. But how many know some of us are like Moses? God, I can't do this. God, I don't like talking in front of people. I get fearful, God. But God said, you know, you're not going in your own power. You're not going in your own strength. You're going in mine. So he began to encourage Moses with what he was given unto him. But Moses was still afraid. And he said, don't send me. But anyway, God sent Aaron with him. But Aaron had to listen to what God was saying to Moses. And then Moses had to give it to Aaron. And guess what? God was still working through both of them, but it had to come from Moses first. So God will prepare you to be a steward over what he has placed in your hands. But remember, nothing belongs to you. Everything belongs to God. He has us keeping what he has 
um, given us. He has placed it into our hand, and he's saying, be, be faithful over what I has, have given you. So we need to communicate with God. Moses stayed in communication with God, and do not think that you're not going to have any situations being a steward over what God has placed in your hands because you run up against different people, especially people in the body of Christ. It's not always worldly people that hit you the most. It's church folks because everybody think they know and don't know. And this is why when you're in the word of God, you're going to know what people really know. Everything that sound good is not good because people know how to get you to a place and leave you to that place and don't show you how to come out of that place because it's about them. It's not about God. So everything that we do, we're doing it unto him so he will be glorified. So that's what a steward is supposed to do. A steward is making sure God get the glory and they're not being glorified. So if you're in position, you're in leadership, and you want people to know what you know, it's not about you. It's about him. Everything belonged to him. At the end of the day, when all of this stuff passed, nobody, I don't think, is going to have a U-Haul behind a hearse. We're going to leave everything that we have worked for. So it's time for us to recognize everything belongs to God. So if you remember that everything belongs to God and it does not belong to you, you will be able to manage whatever God puts in, put in your hand. And you will not misuse it just because you can. How can I tell you this? Because years ago, I just messed up, tore up from the flow up. Every opportunity I got to do this or do that, I did it. And then I tried to figure it out to get it worked out. And I got deeper into it. It looked good at the moment. But guess what? It wasn't good. So I had to go through those um, situations to know I wasn't being faithful over what God had. So I remember when God had called me into ministry, I was sitting in the middle of my living room. And this is what I told God because, y'all, I mismanaged some money. See, God had to prepare me. For where I am today. He had to see how faithful I was going to be over what he placed in my hands. So finally one day I told the Lord. I said Lord if I cannot be faithful over five dollars. I don't need fifty. And I, that, that really uh, come from my heart. And when I said that to God. Y'all let me tell you it was a long time before I had a fifty dollar bill that I didn't owe nobody. Now, I'm being honest. It was a long time before I had a 50 that I can say, I don't owe nobody nothing but to love them because this money here is clear. Don't think we didn't have more bills, but that $50, I didn't have to give it to the light bill company, the telephone company, because everything was lining up the way God wanted to line up. And I had to do what God wanted me to do with what I had. So when God saw my heart, when he saw I was not just trying to get money just to get what I wanted, but to take the money and raise it up to heaven and say, God, what would you have me to do with this? And y'all, it was so funny. Money was so messed up. I'll never forget this. And I was seeking the Lord on how to budget everything because my husband, he would bring the check in and me, Proverbs 31 woman, didn't know what that was about way back then. My thing was, my name is Jimmy Gimme. It wasn't nothing about Proverbs 31. Long as we had clothes and food and, you know, I can max out this card. I max out that card. And, but once I pay it off, it was the trick, y'all. I pay money on that credit card. Before they can get some interest off of it, I use it again. 
Y'all ever tried that? Some people say no, <laughs> but yes, I did. I knew, I knew how to work those cards to get my money back off of them before they took it. Y'all know y'all tried it. Don't you try it. Y'all acting so calm. Y'all know how to work them cards. Anyway, I worked those cards. I worked them so much, couldn't get nothing else off of them. But when I made up my mind to say, God, I, I don't want to owe nobody nothing but to love them because I'm tired of going around this mountain. God, show me how to be faithful over what we have. Y'all, it got to the point, it was, it was nothing there. Once the bills was paid, it was nothing left. Some of us may still be in that same situation. My bills are paid, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But God is more than enough, God. He want money left over to help other people. So what I did, I said, Lord, show me how you want me to work this. My credit looked so tore up, y'all, I was ashamed to even sit in front of somebody and say, help. That's the truth. But when God showed me how to work it and showed me what to do and be thankful for what I had, I followed his way of doing things. And by the time it was time for us to move into another home, we never checked our credit. I just did what God told me to do. When I sat before the man and the man looked over everything and he told me, he said, you in a position that you can't only afford one, you can afford two. I said, where you get that from? Because I didn't know the position, because God showed me how to pay off things. This is the key, y'all. See, this is why people get jealous over people. People trying to build up things. But God said, when you pay off these two cars, you can move in a bigger house, and you're not going to miss anything. So I want you to work on paying off these two cars. Then you can get a bigger house, and you don't have to worry about all that debt, because you're going to have some left. So I followed the procedure that God told me to. By the time they looked at me and my husband's credit, it was excellent because I did it God's way. So God was seeing you can manage now. If you can manage your home, you can manage the house of God. So if you can take what you have and do it the way I want you to do it, he said, you're not going to have a problem with the kingdom. The problem with church folks, they want to manage kingdom and can't manage home. Let me say it again. Want to manage kingdom stuff, but you can't manage your stuff at home. It's not going to work because you have to start with what you have. And when God see how faithful over what you, the things that you have, then God will allow you to take care of kingdom business. So this is why we have to seek the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, you already know what I have. God, what do you want me to do with what I have? Because it belongs to you. It does not belong to me. God is the owner, y'all. I, I really honor God for allowing me to be over kingdom business. Because he's trusting me with what belongs to him. So we shouldn't take that lightly. Anything that God put in our hands, we should say, thank you, Lord, for trusting me with that. I don't care if it's something simple. We should thank the Lord for trusting us with that. Because he's saying, I'm going to see if I can trust you with more. If I can't trust you with this then I can't trust you with more. So tonight, saying all of that, we're going to talk about tithes. How about it? This is a subject where people get mad. Because when it comes to money, people act funny. And it should not be that way in the kingdom of God. And everything that we're teaching here in Clem is not to make you do anything because God already know your heart. Remember that. God already know your heart. 
when we're part of the kingdom and we're doing things unto the Lord, we're not trying to satisfy man. It's about God. Everything we do is about God. It's not about me. It's not about my husband. It's not about you. It's all about what God wants us to do with what he has faithfully placed in our hands. Now, remember, who owns everything? Who owns everything? So if God owns everything, who do we go to with what we have? Who do we go to with what we have? We should go to God. Like I said, in, in our lives, me and my husband always trusted God with what we have. And I'll give you another example. When um, God was uh, showing me how to manage and showing me how to do things, and my husband, he had come off the job, he, um, one day he told me, he said, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? I was, I was in my word and I was studying. He said, we don't have money to um, take care of the ministry bills. And I said, okay. So I said, well, I know it's not in our bank account. So I went back to studying and I, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, there's nothing I can do about this. You call me to this. You know what we need. You already know what we don't have. So Father God, I thank you that it's already taken care of because you are God of more than enough. I am not coming out of my word to be worried about this because I'm about the kingdom. Because I knew that me and my husband were doing things the way they needed to be done. So I didn't have to have no condemnation from the enemy. So immediately after I said the prayer, I got back into my word. How about my husband got a call? And someone called him and said, I need for you to come to this office. So my husband went up there. And the person told my husband, they said, I got something for you. They had given him two checks. They had given him a check for the ministry, and they said, here's a check for you, more than enough. See, y'all see the glory, but you don't know our story. And see, this is the problem with the church, with the people of God. They see you in a certain way, and they're thinking you've taken from people because you're where you are. I'm where I am, me and my family, because of him. Because of him. In him I move, in him I live, in him I have my being. And when you are in him, you have to deny yourself at times when you need something and you give it to somebody else. And it's not about your money. It's about your time as well. It's about your talents. It's about what God has given you. He's going to see how you manage in your time. Why are you asking for more time? Why are you asking for this and you're not using the time wisely that he has given you because you're not putting him first? God has to be first in everything we do. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all of these things shall be added unto you. What does that mean? That means that if I'm seeking kingdom and I'm seeking the way of the kingdom, guess what? All of these things, they're going to be added to me. Why? Because it's a promise. It's a promise in his word. So I have to look at the way the kingdom does things, not the way the world does things. We are lenders and not borrowers. We may borrow, but we pay off what we have borrowed and we don't become a lender again. We want to stay free of things. So when something come up, we don't have to sit there and think about how am I going to do this? We just lay it down and we don't have to worry about those things. But we are in a world of people wanting all the time. 
Nothing never satisfies. Why? Because we're not content with what we have. This is what the world do. The world is about greed and covetousness. If this one get this, I got to get it. But look at um, before when you're not around all that, you don't worry about that. You get content with what you have. It ain't about this, that, or the other. It's about what God want me to do with what I have. God, I have a feeling today. But God, is that feeling you or is that me? Am I feeling you telling me to do this? Or is that my emotions trying to make me feel good in doing it? And once I do it, I got to deal with it for how long? So you have to seek what? The kingdom first. So this is what God wants us to do. He has to be first place in our lives. And the um, thing is, if we're stewards and we're managers, we're managing what he has placed in our hands. So we're putting God first. So tonight, when I'm, I'm going to give you a few scriptures on tides, not many, because it's a lot in the word that talk about tides. People are saying today, you shouldn't pay your tithes. That's Old Testament law. That went out when the new um, um, covenant come in, came in. But I'm going to show you in scripture the reason why people say this. Some people say this because they don't want to give into the kingdom. They don't want to give into the kingdom. They don't want to give into the work of the Lord. Now, I can say some people are taking people money just to satisfy what they want to do. I do not agree with pastors having five houses, having all of these cars, and cannot drive them all. I don't agree with that because it seems like the pastors are trying to look like the celebrities in the world. I'm not about that because there's no way I can have five houses and there's somebody that don't have a house to stay in and I'm bragging on prosperity. Prosperity is not about things. It's not about that. So this is why um, most people turn away from churches is because most pastors have messed it up by making people think I supposed to have all this because I'm serving God. We all serve God. So there's a big difference, right? So let's talk about the tithes. What is tithes? Everybody knows it's 10% of your income. And I'm going to start in Genesis with where um, the tithe originated from. And we know it started with Abraham. Everybody know about old Abraham. And y'all know what happened with Abraham. I'm going to go back to Genesis 12 when... God told Abraham to leave everything. God let him know, basically, Abraham, I will take care of you. That's what Genesis 12 was saying. So guess what Abraham did? He left everything. He left what he was familiar with. Let me tell you something. When you can leave what you're familiar with and not look back and be mindful of that, you're truly trusting God. Abraham left what he was familiar with. He left his family. When he heard God, God said, Abraham, I will bless you. So what God wanted from Abraham was his dependency on him and not on the world. So Abraham made up his mind, I'm going to depend on God. So he left. But the problem with that picture was he left with Lot. God didn't tell him to take Lot with him. But Abraham, I guess he felt obligated to take Lot. When he took Lot, y'all know the word of God speaks in Genesis 13, where Lot and him had so much 
that his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, they begin to um, have strife amongst each other. And Abraham, he came and told Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. You look and see, you know, where you want to go. He gave him a choice. Lot chose the world. He chose Sodom and Gomorrah because it looked so beautiful. This is why I'm saying everything that looked good ain't God. This is what you got to remember. Everything that feel good is not God. You can't go on feelings because feelings don't represent faith. Faith is not a feeling. So Lot, he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, and y'all know what happened. Um, there was a, a battle going on, and Abraham got 300 and some men, and he went after the goods. He went after the people, and it says that he um, rescued those people. But then it goes on to say in Genesis 14, verse 18 through 20, Genesis 14, 18 through 20, this is where the first time Tide is mentioned in the Bible. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So we see that him and Abraham was getting ready to commune, just like we have communion. They was getting ready to have bread and wine. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he ble and blessed be the most high God, which has delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So when Metzeldak began to tell Abraham that he was blessed from the most high God, guess what? Abraham, he gave him tenth of all that he had. Abraham did that because he knew it was God who delivered all of that into his hands. Abraham knew that he couldn't do that in his own power, in his own strength. So he knew that God was with him. So he was showing an attitude of gratitude towards God. You can see in the Bible that God didn't ask Abraham for that. But Abraham knew that God was the possessor, there it is, of everything. He was the creator. He was the most high God. So Abraham was saying, I cannot do this by myself. I know I didn't do it by myself. So what I have, I'm going to give it to God. God didn't ask him for 10. It, it come from his heart. See, 10%, this come from Abraham's heart. So God is looking for your heart. Some of us base it on what Abraham done, but your heart got to be for God. Abraham's heart was for God. Gratitude was going towards God. He was honoring God with what he had. And what Abraham was saying to God, my dependency is not on these goods. How do we know that? Let's look a little bit further in Genesis um, 14, and this is what happened in 21. And the king of Sodom, Sodom said unto Abram, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread, even a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich. Now look at what Abraham was saying. I will not take from the world. Because if I take from the world, then I would say, that my dependency is on the world. That's what Sodom represented. He said, I will not do this. He said, I will not even take a shoelace because I don't want you to say that you're the one that blessed me. I know who blessed me. 
See, this is why when we put God first and everything that we do, the blessings of the Lord is going to make us rich and add no sorrow to it. Anything that you do unto the Lord according to his word, you shouldn't worry about where your next meal is coming from. You shouldn't worry about how this is going to happen or how that's going to happen. God owns, y'all get it, God owns everything. He's the possessor of heaven and earth, and he laid it in your hands to manage. So whatever you need, now that you're a kingdom citizen, only thing that you have to say is, my God has already supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory. So we give to him because he first gave to us. Everything that we need, guess what? God already supplied it. So why would we leave God out? I'll give you an example. On your job, if you know that you're working hard and you've been on that job now for a year, you haven't been complaining, you've been on time, you know, you've been thanking God for what you have and you've been doing your work, you ain't trying to outdo nobody, you're just doing what was placed in your hand. Whatever they gave you to do, that's what you've done. So now it's time for a raise. And you know, I know I'm getting one, regardless, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So you really ain't worrying about the raise because you know it's already yours, right? Some of people say, I don't know about all that. But when you know you're doing things unto the Lord, you know that you're going to be rewarded. Let's say that you know you've done everything that needs to be done, and somebody else get a raise, and they're lazy. And you didn't get one. Would that hurt? Because you know that you done everything that need to be done, right? I'll say this. God done everything that need to be done in your life. And you don't think he deserves something? We give it quickly to the malls. We give it quickly to go out to eat, put gas in our car. But when it comes to the kingdom... People have a problem of giving when it comes to the kingdom. What we do is we make sure everything else is taken care of before God is first. But what we should be doing with what we have is saying, God, you're getting first. You're getting the first fruit off of this. Because if it was not for you giving me breath in my body, I wouldn't have this paycheck. So this is why we want to make sure that God is always first in our time. When we wake up in the morning, it should be good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, God. Thank you for allowing me to see another day. God, if it wasn't for you, I know I wouldn't be here. So, God, I give you glory. See, he should be first in your time. And everything, it shouldn't be you jumping out to be, oh, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late. Let me get out of this house. Let me do this. Let me do that. No, God should always be first. In everything that you do. So Abraham, he was making sure that he was giving God 10% of those goods. Of what he got from that, from that battle. So that's what we should do. So another example is in Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22. Now this is Abraham's... Um, It was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Abraham, yeah. So we're looking at Jacob here. Y'all know that Jacob, he was the uh, schemer, right? He was the one that was the schemer. But this is what uh, Jake happened to Jacob. He had an experience with God. 
he um, has such an experience with God that what he did, he took the rock he laid on and named it, this was the house of Bethel, because surely God has been in this place. But as he was sleeping, God was talking to Jacob, and he was telling Jacob what he was going to do based on the covenant that he had with Abraham. So he let him know he was going to be his protector. He was letting him know about his blessings. He was letting him know all of those things. So this is what Jacob told the Lord. He told the Lord, and I'm going to skip down here to um, 18, Genesis 28, 18. And Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone he had put under his head, and he set it up for a pillar, a monument to the vision in his dream. And he poured oil on his top in dedication. And he named that place Bethel, the house of God. But the name of the city was Luz at first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me food to eat and clothing to wear so that I may come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up as a pillar, a monument shall be God's house, a sacred place to me and all and of all the increase of possessions that you give me, I will give the tenth to you. So he was a descendant of Abraham, and he made a vow to the Lord that he would give him 10% of his possessions. That was a vow. And when we look back at this, God had already told him, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you. So actually, God already gave him a promise. But because he had that experience with God, because he had come to know God, then he told God, I'm going to give you 10%. He was not going to let what he had to be put in front of God. This is what God is telling us today. He don't want money to be your God. This is why everything that we have should not be put in the place of God. Even money. This is what the tithe is about. It's about your money. It's about what you have. God said, don't let that have first place in your life. Anytime we get money in our hands, Uh, Me and my husband so used to everything that we get. I don't care if y'all give it to us. We take our tide off of it and we give it back to the Lord. This is, do it hurt me? No, because I love the Lord and I know he first loved me. So everything we get in our hand, we give back to the Lord. Now I can say this, I can't give him no money off, no gift card, you know, nothing like that because I can't, you know, pull nothing off of that. But when it comes to cash, when it comes to anything that's in my hand, I give it back to the Lord. Another thing, our children, that's why we dedicate them. You know why we mainly do that? Because we're saying, God, you're first and foremost in their lives. We're giving them back to you. And that's what we're supposed to do with everything that we have. We're supposed to dedicate it back to God. God needs to be first and foremost. Amen. So we see two people in the Bible. We see Abraham and we see Jacob. God didn't ask them. They gave to God. Now, this was before the law. Now, remember, people say that tithing is done away with because, you know, Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus said he didn't do away with it. He said he came to fulfill it. Remember that now. He didn't do away with it. He came to what? Fulfill the law. But most people say these things because they really don't want to give. People have a problem with giving money 
So they try to come up with everything they can not to give. Well, if they choose not to give, just don't give. That's between you and God. This is why people cannot keep certain things because they're putting things before they put God. They're making those things their God. So we see these two people, God didn't ask them for that, right? But as we get further in the word of God, after the book of Genesis, you have Exodus. And you see where Moses um, came in on the picture, come in on the picture. And God had to put them up on the laws. And the reason why was because these people were sinning and did not know that they were sinning. So God made laws for them, but he gave them the opportunity without the law. But they say, whatever you tell us to do. This was Mount Sinai. Them people just didn't know. Whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. Now, they know they can't keep what God wanted. They couldn't keep the standards of God. So they said, we're going to do whatever you say. Okay, God said, you're going up under the law then. So they they chose to go up under the law. When they went up under the law, God had to set um, things up to let them know what they were doing wrong. And if they done wrong, this is what would happen for you doing what you done. That was the curse of the law. Jesus redeemed us. From the curse of the law, but not the law. Y'all didn't get it? He took away the curse part of the law. Okay, if he really took away everything, then why we don't need these first five books, do we? Because Jesus is quoting some of them over here in the New Testament. Paul is using them over here in the New Testament. So people are thinking, I don't have to, um, I can still fornicate, that was under the law. I can still commit adultery, that was under the law. Jesus even made it even more plain. If you lust after a woman in your heart, you already done it. He just bought it out even the more. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled what we could not fulfill. Because the Bible said if you break one law, you broke them all. So Jesus had to fulfill all of that because there was a curse that had come with the law. So getting back into this... um, When you look at the people, God set up things for the people to do. He had an order that they had to follow. And because Jesus, the Messiah, he was going to come, but God had to place things in order. So now we see in Leviticus to the 27th chapter is when tithing went up under the law. And I'm going to tell you why God did this with the tithe. In Leviticus 27, verse 30 through 34. Leviticus 27, verse 30 through 34. And I'm reading out the Amplified. And this is what the Lord said. And all the tide of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. What do we say? Everything belonged to who? And so when he made it holy, it means that it's set apart for who? The Lord. And if a man wants to redeem any of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And all the tithe of the herd, the flock, whatever passes under the herdsman's staff, by means of which each tenth animal, as it passed through a small door, selected and marked, the tenth shall be holy to the Lord. The man shall not examine whether the animal is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. If he does exchange it, then both it and the animal substitute for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. So what the Lord was saying, he was telling them this um, tiding that um, dealing with the livestock, dealing with all of this um, is set apart for the Lord. It is holy 
unto the Lord. So that's um, the tithe that's mentioned up under the law. But why did God have them to tithe to up under the law? Because what he was doing, go with me to Numbers 18, verse 20 through 22. Numbers 18, verse 20 through 22. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Aaron was the high priest, thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shall they have any part among them. I'm thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. So what the Lord was doing with the tithe, the tithe that they were paying, the Levites, which come through Abraham, the Levites would not have an inheritance. So what the people would do, they would give tithes unto the Levites. Why? Because they were in that temple um, working, ministering in the temple. So they were given the tithe um, for their work in the temple. We're going to go into this even deeper, meaning that they didn't get an inheritance like everybody else. God said, I'm your inheritance. So when he started this tithe, he said it's going to be given to the Levites because they're not going to get an inheritance. So I want to make sure that they are taken care of with these tithes. Even when the Levites got the tithe, guess what they did? They took the tithe and gave it to the high priest. So even though I'm getting money, I still sow into the ministry. Some ministers say, I don't pay tithes. No, 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 no. Why wouldn't they? Everything that comes into your hands. So this is what was happening to the tithes when God put them, the tithes up under the law. It was given to the Levites because they were the ones working in that temple. They stayed in that temple and they worked. They helped the high priest. They were ministering in that temple. So they were not getting an inheritance. So God said, I'm your inheritance. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of because you are doing the work of the Lord in this temple. So I'm going to stop there because we're going to go further and I'm going to pick up from there so we will fully understand about tithes. Remember, there was the tithes were not up under the law dealing with Abraham, dealing with Jacob. They gave from their heart. They just gave unto the Lord. When the Lord put them up under the tithe, he said the tenth of everything that you have, they come out of the loins of Abraham. The tenth of everything that you have, he said, I want you to give to the Levites because I want them to be taken care of because they're taking care of the tabernacle. And we're going to stop there. Amen. I don't want to give you too much because it's a lot for us to go over. So we want to understand being a steward and what belongs to God belongs to God. Amen. That's what Jesus said in the Bible. We're going to get to that when he said what belonged to Caesar belonged to Caesar but what belonged to God belonged to God so God want all of us to be givers he don't want money to be our God because when you hold back on your money that's who your God is that's why our hearts have to be open at all times and ask the Lord what would you have me to do with what's in my hand and you will never lack not in one area of your life because you are kingdom citizens and God takes care of his kingdom, but we supposed to do it according to his word. Amen. Amen. Did I miss anybody last week dealing with stewardship and what you learned? 
Didn't we go over that last Tuesday? And people were coming up and telling us what you, Julia, did you come up? We did it a little bit last week too, didn't we? I think we did, didn't we? Didn't we do it last week? Yeah, we did do it last week. And we did it the week before. Right, but it still was missing some people. Did anybody come up from the steward? Okay, well, whoever did not come up the time before, tell me what you learned dealing with stewardship. Who is it? Everybody been up, right? I know. Anybody? Gigi, did you come up here? Y'all did your skits? Okay. And we missing anybody? Okay. We're good then. Any more announcements? Julia say, I know I've been up there. Don't be messing with me. I know I've been up there. Not, not possible. Not possible. Don't be messing with me.